Hello listeners and fellow Star Wars fans, this is Trench Run Report, and I will be your host today as we dive into this segment. My name is Sean McAnally, and with me are my esteemed co-hosts, Aaron Russo standing by, David Brooklander standing by, Justin Gray standing by. This is another segment of the Bad Batch meetings. Today we're covering Season 1, Episodes 5, 6, and 7. Uh, so before we start, we do want to mention, of course, that we will be going into full detail, especially of the latest episode. If you haven't yet watched these episodes, we recommend that you do so. So this is your spoiler warning. Uh, so I'm going to uh, kick us off here. Um, we're going to do a brief uh, likes and dislikes of episodes 5 and 6, um, and then dive most of our time into episode 7. So let's get into it. So Aaron, what did you think of episode 5, which is entitled Rampage? Rampage. Um Rampage probably was my least favorite episode overall for the series so far. Um, I did like the whole Rancor connection. And I know there was some debate, like, was that the Rancor from Return of the Jedi? I put that con- together when I first watched the episode. And then someone people pointed out that that's not right. But... Because, I of course, he has a name in a, Wiki, a Wikipedia page, I'm sure. The, the actual one from well, Thomas Pellis. The, the actual <laughs> one was named and gender identified okay. in Aftermath, in the Aftermath series. But I, I, in my headcanon, that was the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so I loved that. He's I just an it was avid so collector cool. of Rancors. I love that. I love that connection. Um, I thought it was a really cool, like, subtle connection. I love seeing Bib Fortuna. I loved, like... Mm-hmm. Again, like what I think I, sh- I enjoy about this show is that the connecting of the Bad Batch storyline to like the things that in canon make sense for them to encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that all of that. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of um, uh, just from the time when they leave to go rescue Moochie, which wherever that name came from, I don't know, but. Um, all I could think of was mochi, the, the ice cream with the rice on it. You know? <laughs> anyway. um, but I didn't care for like the rescue scene. It was all kind of, it was fine. I, I, I thought the creatures were okay. It was fine. Um, uh, but I love the connections to Jabba, the connections to the Rancor and all that. It was cool. Um, uh, and I, I, um, I really like Sid. Oh, oh the yeah. tr- Trandosian? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't and, just a one-time character. She's yeah. Part and I'll, of our... I'll I'll mention that again when we go back through. But I, I really like Sid, and I love that it's it's uh, what's her name Rita Perlman from Cheers, which for my Danny generation, Danny DeVito's wife, right? Yeah, she she was great. She's she's it's a great character. So I love the introduction of that character. Um, yeah. I love that. anytime there's like a CD underworld in Star Wars. I love it. Yeah. So that was perfect. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I'd have to say my. I, my thoughts are kind of pretty much in line with yours, Aaron. Um, it was, well, for starters, it was a very short episode, I thought. Um, kind of seemed almost similar to like some of the episodes from Mandalorian where it's, hey, side mission, go do this, get your reward, whether it's armor or credits or something else that they come up with. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of cool to see, like you said, that connection with Jabba, Bib Fortuna. Sid, Sid was a funny character. Uh, Kind of really sarcastic, which was funny to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about with this episode in particular. For me, I really liked the episode. Um, it was short, but it might have been like a very side mission-y kind of episode. But it was still fun at the same time. And other other things about the episode um, that I really liked was Sid, the character of Sid, as everybody said. Uh, she was fun, sarcastic, and... Uh, just an overall fun character. Um, I also liked the uh, dynamic of the Bad Batch. We got to see Echo do a little bit more in this episode. Um, you kind of see him being more of a parent character to Omega. Um, and you also get to see her her in, in action a lot more. And you kind of figure out that she's kind of like a puzzle-solving character in a way. Um, she opened up the Rancor... Uh, cage um that that was that sequence was fun and then it was kind of fun how they uh mistakened one of the um slaved kids as uh moochie when it was actually the rancor that was moochie i thought that was kind of clever and uh overall funny bib fortuna 
I, I, which I was hoping for the shirtless fat guy, but w- whatever. <laughs> I mean, 20, it's, that sounds like it, it, to me. I think that would have been a bit too funny if it was the shirtless guy, but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But like, whenever you think of Rancor, I always think of the fat yeah. crying guy. So yeah. <laughs> that's what he's credited as in the movie. Fat I'll be fine guy. if he never shows up. He shows up in Aftermath. And, oh boy! And like he has a name, but I yeah, can't. Yeah, that's think a book. As long as he's yeah, invisible. Uh-huh. It's canon. Yeah, yeah, it's canon. He's survived. <laughs> but oh well. Um, those those are my overall thoughts. Short but fun. Um, kind of a fil- kind of like could be considered a filler episode, but it does introduce uh, a key character in the series, though. Yeah, agreed. So I like I like Sid. I like the underworld aspect of it. I like that they're kind of relying on old contacts. They're just trying to make their way in, in the galaxy right now. They don't have much to go on. Um, and yeah, you don't really know what she's up to, especially in later episodes where she's very much a mercenary type. Um, I, I didn't see the Moochie twist coming, but it was it was humorous and fun, funny. My kids loved it. I thought it was hilarious, and they love Moochie so much. Like if there's a Moochie stuffy or toy, they're gonna want it. You know, <laughs> there will it's so be. cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will be. But I, I don't know. I liked. I liked, uh, I mean, Wrecker just keeps growing on you, right? Like, he's just, like, wrestling with the thing, and then they're both tuckered out and just, like, barely swiping <laughs> yeah, at each other. And then he finally gets it to sleep, and he's like, there, there, there. And it's like, that was just funny to me. Like, uh, and, yeah, they're just, the episode served to, like, tighten this, this family, this bad, this batch, right, including Omega. She got her uh, crossbow thing or bow and arrow thing, which is really cool. We haven't seen anything like that in Star Wars. It looked like something that Gungans would have or something. Um, I like that, that weapon she had. Well, the Night Sisters actually had like uh, laser arrows in uh, the Clone Wars. Ah, there you so, go. Yeah, yep, that's true. Yeah, so I thought that was neat. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's just another like side quest or, you know, video game, uh, video game, get a thing to get to the main boss later thing, get some XP, right? Uh, so I guess uh, as a rating, uh, trying to keep it out of the context of later episodes, you know, this was like, this, I wouldn't skip it. So it was like a seven, six and a half. Like it, it wasn't a hard skip. It was it was entertaining enough to watch again, in a re, in a rewatch. Yeah, it's interesting rating. If I was going to rate this right after we watched it without seeing the next episodes, I would say six and a half. But because I've seen the next two episodes, I give this a seven, hmm. um, because of what they do with the characters and that that Sid and Ord Mantell becomes kind of a mm-hmm. base of operations, and I think that that works. Um, so I would give it a seven, but I did want to mention something real quick that I forgot, which is that I think it's really significant that at the end of the episode, Sid says that Fennec Shand is working on a direct commission. Yeah. That's... So she is not being farmed out by a Grief Karga or a Boba Fett or anything. She is a direct commission probably. To by whom? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably have to say six or six and a half for this one. Um, it was entertaining to watch. Um, but I think overall, especially in light with how the story's progressing, in my view, it's a six or six and a half. Well, I think I'm going to have to go with a seven out of ten. Um, it was a fun episode. Uh, I definitely will enjoy seeing it again later on. Um, it is it does feel like a kind of a side episode, but at the same time, not really. So I, I enjoyed it. All right, so we're going to move on now to episode six, Decommissioned. And in this episode, we see the Martez sisters again after a uh, brief hiatus since season seven of Clone Wars. Um, I guess I didn't... I, I was expecting a, a, I guess, prepubescent Han Solo, perhaps, like for a second there. I was like, ah, oh, it's Han Solo, because it's Corellia, which is a cool planet. It's like Space Detroit. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, we see the Martez sisters. They are... They were they just picked up the same intel I guess that, or it, was it Sid that hired them too or like they, they were somehow hunting that same droid somehow. Yeah, don't 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 think they were hired by Sid. No, they just happened to know that there was a droid that was valuable. Then that that one droid was the was, happened to be the one that was right on the line, right about to get incinerated. <laughs> like they got there just in time. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so that one uh, had uh, I guess the biggest moment would be like Wreckers. 
Uh, Rutgers head injury keeps keeps coming back. I think I think he hit his head in the other one too. In the last one, maybe <laughs> not. That guy's just a punch. He's like a, yeah. He's like a rag doll just getting pounded and thrown. Kind of reminds me of that scene in Avengers where Loki just gets thrown like oh, yeah, by the by Hulk. The Hulk. <laughs> like, I feel like Rutgers just he's always like getting his head hit. He's yeah. falling. He's oh poor guy. So he had to like jump over a big gap or get over a gap and like hit his head on the way there or the thing was shaking or something. Yeah. But he has head in. I, you hear a crosshair in his head mm-hmm. about good soldiers follow orders, and I'm like foreshadowing, no. Uh, and so yeah, we got like they were they keep telegraphing where that was going, and it's fine because it's a kid show, um, which they kind of keep having to remind us of this, and and obviously there's a payoff, as we'll talk about later. But uh, you know that's the main plot thing is that I guess the the droid head, the intel from the droid head they obtain whether they they lose the droid head on its own, but they. Uh, he gives it to the Martez sisters. He gives that intel, which I don't know why you couldn't just like copy it like a like a flash drive, and both get it. But I think that's what they did, didn't they? Oh, I thought he just gave it to her, and they just gave up the job. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's correct. Yep. Yeah, there was only one copy. Yeah. He gave it to the Martez sisters. Oh, just burn okay. a CD, man. Right? They lost the mm-hmm. droid head. Yeah, yeah. I guess they told her like it was too late or whatever. We lost it. So, um, so I don't know what that droid intel is going to lead to with the martez sisters or if that was just the plot device like is there any significance to that um but they did obviously the the cliffhanger or the piece at the end that was relevant is that they contact somebody on a on a hologram that he uh, who i thought was gail or, or bail organa uh but it was a friend of theirs in the kind of new rebellion movement and turns out to be captain rex Apparently, I guess I guess it was it had to have been him, but I thought it was Bail Organa at first. Um, but then I guess how had they know? How would they know him except through Ahsoka? But I didn't think Ahsoka knew Bail Organa, so at least not yet. So um, yeah, that one I think was a uh, similar. Like I would still watch it, so it's like a six and a half, seven again for me. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit. One more episode like that would have been too much for me. Like just the side mission thing. Like they needed to get to the main plot here soon, and they did. But that that was my last. They got one more episode out of me, and <laughs> they used it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we watched that one together, and you were like, "They're they gotta they gotta do something next, right? They gotta like uh, another side quest mission, right?" Right. Yeah. Um, let's go to Justin next, and then back around the other way. <clears throat> okay. Very interesting. Well. Um, well, I don't really have much to say about this episode. Um, if you were trying to convince me the previous episode was a filler episode, I'd kind of say that that's up for debate. But if you said this one was a filler episode, then I would 100% agree with you. Um, I feel like outside of the cliffhanger that they, uh, actually now that I think about it, the cliffhanger that they had could have been transferred, like could have been cut out, and then we could have had uh, uh, Rex say that the Mars sisters uh, contacted him. But Drew, like if we're not going to see them again, right? Then they really weren't needed for this episode. Mm-hmm. And this episode then we're wasn't needed at all. Again. But I'm sure, yeah, right? Yes. See that. So I mean, yeah. So that that kind of, that assumption's still a bit early too. But I don't know. Um, the, the only thing I pretty much liked about the episode was that little joke that uh, where like the Mars sisters both said like what we need is a distraction <laughs> and then uh, um, uh, Trace says like is there an echo in here and then Echo is like yeah I was like what I'm Echo <laughs> yeah that was good <laughs> yeah that that was a that really? was a fun joke <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that not not a whole lot to say. Um, uh, I can probably take the episode or leave it, but yeah. The end of it, or part of it, had that Toy Story three vibes, right? In the incinerator, <laughs> when she, when Omega's like falling in and has to get out, and I'm like, I'm getting flashbacks to Toy Story three. <laughs> They're all gonna get incinerated. That's right. <laughs> so what would you rate it, Justin? Um, I'm gonna have to give this a five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my least favorite in the series uh, thus far, but um, we still have uh, a couple more to go, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so I thought this episode was pretty good, um, <clears throat> especially with 
kind of foreshadowing with Wrecker, how you mentioned, uh, Sean, where him hitting his head, continuing to get the headaches, and it gets, seems to be getting worse and worse. Um, and it's he's, that chip starts to activate when he makes that jump for the control switch. Um, wasn't really excited to see the Martez sisters back, uh, but like you'd said, Justin, that joke with, with is there an echo in this room? Uh, and echo just pops down. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that that was that was just hilarious. Um, they do tend to kind of, I in some ways, I think distract from the main storytelling. Um, but I really did like to see uh, once they activated the battle droids to fight the police droids. Um, that the Bad Batch were working with the droids, kind of like when Rebels, where that droid force is working with Kanan and Rex and mm-hmm. uh, Ezra to fight the Empire. That that I kind of thought that was pretty cool, um, and it was cool to see just to see the battle droids again. Um, so the B ones activating and did we win? Like <laughs> like they just woke up from a nap and trying to figure out what happened during the war. Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked a lot of the action um, between the Bad Batch and the police force droids. I felt that really kind of brought them together to, as a tighter unit. Um, and Echo had a big part in that, I, I think. Um, yeah, it was also cool to see Omega, Omega, Omega uh, kind of grow a little bit more and be willing to take those risks when they were going after the uh, droid head and it was cool to see when they were playing tag with the, the head going back and forth with it seeing them both both sides stop like fighting over it be like oh shoot Omega's in trouble um, and seeing them work, being able to work together even even as it was the Martez sisters um, but seeing them lead up to that big part with their contact which turns up in the big way and the upcoming episode um and plus with wrecker once he wakes up and just goes to town on the the police force droids that that was really cool just to see him have his fun <laughs> which he doesn't get to do much with face and stormtroopers now um overall i'd have to wait i'd have to rate this one probably a seven or a seven and a half hmm. i felt especially with as we're looking into the the next episode it led i think it led really well into it with the urgency of taking care of Wrecker and the inhibitor chips. All right, Aaron. Yeah, I think I definitely like this episode more than the previous one. Um, I I just got to say one of my favorite things for some reason is when Sid calls tech goggles. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, just love that. That kid thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I love her. I love her character. She's just like, it, she's almost like the character that, she pl- that this actress plays in cheer she's like this mm-hmm. like grumpy bartender <laughs> she's who i wish maz Kanata was more like she is like a, she's like an under underworld yeah like edgy maz Kanata. yeah yeah like a like a union boss yeah or she's like she's great yeah I, I love i love sid and i love how she's like she's like doesn't she's not she's not intimidated by them at all mm-hmm. you're clone troopers but she just she's just like she is a she is the boss, and she knows it. Like at the beginning, when Omega's training with that with her little bow, and then she just goes, she just is like, yeah, we getting these noodle arms strong. She yeah. just like blasts off four in a row, and it's like, man, this this lady's seen some things. I want to see like, yeah. I don't know, I want to get her backstory. You know, like where was she for the Clone Wars? Like what's her deal? How yeah, long does this species live? How long has she been around? You know, she's a good side character, probably the best side character in the show so far. Is she a Trandoshan? Yes. Mm-hmm. But she's, the other ones are orange and she's re- she's green and they just, or do, do they change colors or they're different colors? Um, kind, on... kind of like the uh, Twi'leks. Uh, they, oh, okay. they have different skin colors. colors. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I've said they can be like tall and, or they can be short and stout like her because mm-hmm. Basque was tall enough. So what's your rating, Aaron? Um, well, I did, I so I, I, I did, I liked I liked the whole droid smelting thing sequence. I thought it was a really cool callback to Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of Attack of the Clones vibes. And I did hear someone actually mention, it's funny that you were watching Indiana Jones, because they said some people said that it kind of reminded them of the sequences in um, in that, in that uh, in the Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. uh, with the, the rocks and the belts oh, and yeah. the kids and the... And that had that vibe to it, and mm-hmm. 
I thought the action was definitely better than previous episode. I enjoyed that action much more. Um, I was, I, for a moment when they first saw, I think it was Trace, I thought, oh, I thought it was going to be Han Solo yep. for sure. Yep. And I'm disappointed that it wasn't, but I yeah, did. Don't go to Corellia, like go somewhere else where they're not going to tease us with a potential right. Han Solo. Like go I was like, some other planet. I thought for sure it mm-hmm. was going to be Han. But, I mean, it, it kind of does make sense that yeah, it would be Corellia. Yeah. yeah, with how, especially in the new canon, well, I think it's in both Legends and uh, Disney canon where Corellia was really important with uh, the construction of Star Destroyers. Yep. So that yeah, would make sense. Space with, Detroit, yep. Yeah, a very industrial planet. To take something apart that you put together. <laughs> I think I think for me, the, the, the Martez sisters and the Bad Batch were the two things about Season 7 of The Clone Wars that I like the least um and this show has made me like them both more hmm. obviously the bad batch much more and the martez sisters like like i feel like this show actually makes what they were in season seven better because like, by itself in season seven they're just yeah a random couple of people now they're linked with the rebellion so yeah. i feel like we're gonna maybe see them in andor in live action we might see you know what i mean like they're gonna weave these ladies in i mean they're clearly connected to rex who we know yep. is connected to ahsoka and they already had a connection to ahsoka so i think it's cool i mean they're not my favorite characters or anything but i think it's at least they're weaving them into something um the echo joke yeah, best line of the whole series so far. Um, but for sure, the, the focal point, I think, David, like you mentioned, was Wrecker's, you know, yeah. uh, good soldier's mutterings and then hearing Crosshair's voice in his yeah. head. That was really haunting. Um, and then, of course, the mystery figure at the end, which I thought it was, that's great. I think that's one thing Dave Filoni does really well is like have those like really traditional cliffhangers. That just yeah. make you want to you know, like oh which character was that or which place or whatever um so yeah so overall i, I enjoyed this uh episode i would give it a seven out of ten solid episode again in context maybe even a seven and a half all right so that brings us to the latest episode episode seven battle scars um, which takes place on another kind of scrap planet this one doesn't seem to be active it's just like a junkyard planet um maybe there's no sentient beings on it and so they just dump all these republic cruisers and other stuff on there which i thought this just visually was the coolest looking besides the first episode this was like it's just such a cool look of the the scrapyard it's like that more artistic style that you see them revert to sometimes and just you know and then it just had some funny moments like when you know they they land and then they like get a, get to a high point and then he's like that's where we're gonna go and Wrecker's like well, why did we why did we park all the way over here and I, you always see that I always wonder that in Star Wars when they like park miles away from where they're supposed to be I was, I don't know if that was like an inside joke in the show <laughs> it's like why did we park why did we land all the way over here if we have to go a mile and a half away to that starship over there but, like because uh, there's plot exposition like at the beginning of Rogue One and they yes, park like two I miles was away gonna say yeah. that, like beginning like, of Rogue why? One it, yeah. just to make them look. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's for that wide shot. <laughs> yeah, it works. Um, Trailer so yeah, shots. there's the scrap, the scrap guild, or whatever this, this the scrappers guild, or is is there? Um, I guess taking stuff apart or grabbing whatever they can. Um, and so that's why they have to like sneak in or whatever. And um, but they, you know, they connect with Rex. Um, well, how did they connect with Rex at the beginning? I'm trying to remember. He was sitting in the corner in the bar. That's right. Bar. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he has the, he's the mystery guy. Scoping out yeah, the place. He, was, he was doing Aragorn. Aragorn. Yep. And then he causes a scuffle off screen. <laughs> turns out, and as soon as you see his arm out of the robe, like, oh, yeah. that's him. And Actually, catch up. it was yeah. there. And he's right very there. distraught that they don't have their chips out. Mm-hmm. And Tech is like, oh, it's no like no big deal yet. Like, And then they finally get back to Tech's scanner thing um, that he was working on. And they use, they use Rex as a baseline to figure out what's the anomaly and so on. And they... Uh, so the whole point of the episode, they're trying to get to the same kind of medical facility that Rex was able to use with Ahsoka to get his chip out. So they got to go to a command center of a Republic cruiser. Um, and he just happened to know, I guess, that one there on that planet. So they go together. He's got his Y-wing. Um, there is like prototype Y-wing, which is cool. Uh, or the one like with all the shell on it. it doesn't, it's not like the naked one that the Rebels use, um, which I think Y-wings are just awesome. Uh, so, yeah, they go there, and then there's the, is it the Dianoga, the like tentacle beasts right from 
the little one was in the Death Star, but this is like a full, fully grown octopus monster thing, mm-hmm. um, which is good vibes. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just really cool, like them going through the spaceship, you know, like aliens, right? Where it's like this the, the derelict uh, derelict cruiser, the light and the mood and everything. Um, and so they get to the medical bay, and they are going to start with Wrecker, I guess, or I don't know how they decided that, but they're going to start with Wrecker. And Omega it has some concern over the procedure. She's not sure about it. Um, so it kind of in their preparations and their dithering, um, the scanner or something does it and triggers it for, for Wrecker. And he goes uh, very dramatically and very convincingly and tragically goes, uh, goes Order 66, right? And he starts attacking everyone. And um, there's a good chase. They split up. Um, they finally subdue him. And get him, uh, get his chip out, and get all their chips out, um, and then on the way out, Rex, uh, Rex says, kind of, you know how to, you know how to contact me, which I guess he means their, their comm system. I guess I don't know, I don't know what he meant by that. Like, how, or is it just through the Martez sisters, or how, how did, or through, how did, how does, how does he, he expect them to be? Their contact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did, like, are we meant to know how they're supposed to be in touch again? I mean, I hope we see them again it's, from that, but like. It does because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's just as long as they know how to get they in touch exchange with them. contacts now that they've been together. Yeah, and then they're spotted at the end um, by the the space or the the scrapper guild people and said they're supposed to contact the empire. So they're one of the spies of the empire, or whatever. But so yeah, obviously the focal point of the episode is what we've been leading up to for a long, long time, which is Wrecker um, breaking bad, as it were. <laughs> he he flips into order sixty six and. They're able. I was I was worried that it was going to end up being Wrecker's downfall. Like they're going to have to kill him or something. But I'm glad that they saved him for that, or that he was able to be saved. But you know, obviously our characters were in peril. Omega was in peril, especially. But she showed real, real ingenuity and real uh, ability to stay safe and you know use her ingenuity to get around him. But I think Rex ultimately got the jump on him with his stun, his stun mode of his pistol. Um, I don't know, so. I guess freestyle here. What what was everyone's thoughts on how that all unfolded, or specific takeaways, or you know any other interesting nuggets that you got from that? An interesting nugget would be uh, the planet. Yeah, what was it called? Uh, is it Bracca. 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 Oh, that's right. Which is the planet in uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Okay, that's that what I thought. Calcestis mm-hmm. yeah, starts yeah. out on. Interesting. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That was a cool beginning to that game, and the same vibes here for sure. That was like later though than the show, a little bit. Like yeah, years about so. five years later. Yeah, yeah. I personally, I loved the. Well, there's a lot of things I liked about this episode, but I liked the way Rex showed up in the in the bar. Totally gave me vibes of Aragorn, and I don't know if that was on purpose, but like that was such a mm-hmm. similar reveal. Yeah. Like I just feel like that had to be on their minds, and I loved that. Even though I could tell it was Rex right away. I love that the way that he reveals himself and I especially was I loved the scene where he's like when he realizes they have their chips mm-hmm. and he's like goes to guns he goes to his gun mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really well done scene like he was like I'm, I'll shoot you <laughs> like and these are people that he's like really yeah. close to and is a fellow fellow clones right and he doesn't want like you said the br- any more brothers to die right but like he goes to his gun, and you see Omega behind him, kind of like, "Are you gonna shoot my friends?" Like, and I thought that was just a really, it started the episode down the serious path that it was supposed to go down, and I really love that. And um, like you mentioned, visually, Braca was amazing. Um, even though that is Braca, I was pretty sure we wouldn't see Cal Kestis. Because I just don't think that would have fit in the episode, but we may he's not still... from there, right? He just was brought there to work there. He not... he jettisoned out of the oh, yeah. Star okay. Benedictor during Order sixty six and crashed. Well, I guess you'd say crashed. So he is there mm-hmm. while they're there, but yeah. not obviously unseen. But... Yep, yeah. basically employed by the Stra- Scrappers yeah. Guild. But I also I thought I thought the just the way they built the tension to when Wrecker mm-hmm. switches and like the scene where he switches. Like the moment was so well done. It reminded me all kind of of the way 
in some ways that they did the holdo maneuver where there's like there's this really tense music and everything's building up and then there's a moment of silence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then his eye opens and he grabs i think it was tech's neck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i that was so intense yeah and it, it validated right rex's reaching mm-hmm. for his gun like you guys don't understand like if this thing goes off someone's gonna die yeah especially um, with wrecker i mean like because yeah. the warm teddy bear went away and the grizzly bear Ooh. came out right like he's a stone cold machine yeah like you're in violation of yeah. order 66 and he's like way stronger and bigger than all of them combined and he's the if there if any of them were going to switch he's the one you wouldn't want first to switch because he's more unstoppable than the others and the mute i loved it how the music got darker as yeah. he got up off the table and put his helmet on it's just like, oh, this could get bad. Yeah, and, and I, I genuinely, when I'm watching that unfold, I, I'm like, I think, is he going to die? Is he going to kill someone? Mm-hmm. Is he going to run out? Like, I didn't really know what to expect in terms of what the stakes were in that scene. Um, and, I mean, I knew he wouldn't kill Omega because that's just way too dark. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that they gave sufficient, like, that really was what, for me, drove home, like, how serious this was like he would he would have killed omega oh yeah if rex mm-hmm. hadn't stunned him and that those are pretty high stakes for a kid show like and omega has been in some perilous situations but this was like whoa like if i was a kid watching that i'd be like a little it's, it's pretty intimidating yeah my kids were glued to their seats and i was like i looked over it several times and was yeah like they look like they look like the younglings like, when Anakin walked like, in. I, watching, it, watching it as an adult, right? Like I, I know Omega isn't gonna die, but a kid watching it is not as savvy. Like right, they don't have as much of the cultural baggage to know. Like yeah. the kid never dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they think, oh, is Omega gonna die? And it's like, and I even felt it a little bit, you know. And I thought that they did that really well in the way that 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 Wrecker was just so like he was in full order sixty six mode. And they were like, oh, I'm so, like, oh, it's okay. He's using the stun. He's using the stun mode. I saw the circle. Like, they were worried about Wrecker. Like, they didn't want them to kill Wrecker, too. Right. They wanted, you know, they, they're invested in these characters. I, I think the the, um, the rest of the episode was great. Um, I did, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I'm glad that they, I understand, and I think I understand why they chose to resolve the chips in the middle of the season instead of like having it be at the end Mm -hmm. because I think the story I think the conversation with Rex at the end which I really liked Mm -hmm. like how it was like because when he was said well you know we're fighting the good fight over here you guys should join us and I was part of me was like well of course just join him I mean what the heck you know it's Rex you know go go fight with the rebellion but I think that it shows that the the bad batch are still they don't know who they are yet they they're confused you know, they don't, you know, we're watching, we're like, come on, join the rebellion, Han, Luke, Leia, come on, be part of the good guys. But they don't know what's going on and they're very confused. And well, um, they probably are like, well, we got our chips out. So if we can just get Crosshair, we can get him knocked out and get his chip out. And he's, and then the back, the batch is back together. Like they, that might be their mission is like, we got to go get, we got to save Crosshair. Um, I think. They're like, yeah, think, why else wouldn't think, they join I Rex? Think, I think they're very, they're, they're just, they've, they kind of stumbled into working for Sid. And mm-hmm. they know they don't want to work for the Empire, but they don't really know what their role is. And I like the inhibitor chips coming out because it makes them truly, now any choice that they make is truly their choice. And I think, yeah. I think the, key, the key line delivered in the show so far, actually, honestly, was when uh, the Martez sister says, we all choose sides. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's where the show's headed. Yeah. Like the Bad Batch right now, in this episode, they're like, they can't, they haven't chosen sides, but they will choose sides. Now that, now that the chip's out. Now that the chip's, and now that the mm-hmm. chip's out, like that choice, choice is more yeah. like, right? Like now there's no like, well, uh, they made a choice to join the rebellion, but that chip could mm-hmm. kick in any time. Mm-hmm. Now they're f- truly free agents. And I thought that was really cool. I liked a lot the, the Mantel mix ritual. So the oh. popcorn. So they record Omega. They always yeah. get popcorn after a mission. And it sounds like they've done a couple of, like, I mean, this episode opens with the tail end of another mission and so on. Right. And like, they're in a little bit of financial trouble because this record keeps <laughs> putting right. it on Sid's tap. So like, like 20 racking, crates of yeah, Mantel. They're, they're mm-hmm. racking up all these expenses, which I understand like Sid's like taking that out of their, out of their take, which makes sense. 
but like yeah it shows this ritual and then yeah at the end they it's tradition and they share it anyway and she had some with her and like that was just good that was good emotional payoff and close that loop and just done within an episode like they they set the stakes early and then they kind of revisited and they're like oh she brought some popcorn of course she did you know and yeah that was good that was good i think and i think that that scene because everything they've done at this point they've done well when when wrecker has to go apologize to her yeah that i felt that Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he's like and i think that they set that up so well like hey we go out and get popcorn after the missions and then i tried to kill you and he's like oh my gosh i gotta go to omega Mm -hmm. and make sure she's okay and you know and the and and omega is so emotionally mature beyond her years you know and it's yeah just lands more versus her saying like oh i forgive you it's like here's the pop like we're back we're back we're restored because here's the popcorn let's do the ritual the mission's over this was just another mission in that in that regard that was just it was well done really well done yep um yeah i i really thought this episode was probably almost as good as the first episode in the series um and i i really I really liked the introduction of Rex. Like like Aaron said, very Aragorn uh, uh, vibes there, and and the fact that the inhibitor chips weren't out out of the Bad Batch yet, and you could tell that Rex was like, "Oh wow, yeah, you you got to get those out. Like you don't know. I've seen what these can do. So yeah, and plus." Uh, um, Going to the planet um, that they uh, showed uh, and uh, Jedi Fallen Order, that was really fun. I liked seeing that in the daytime, and I'm surprised that the um, Star Destroyers were already getting rusty. I thought the same <laughs> thing. I was like, wait a minute, these things seem like they've been here for like a hundred years. But yeah, quite but like it, it also kind of depends on the um, weather of the planet. I mean, I mean, like in Fallen Order, it's very rainy, and now it's like really sunny. Um, I actually work in a metal factory, and I can tell you um, that um, rusting can happen pretty quickly. Oh yeah, yep. So like, if if something's like sitting like even for at like three weeks, it can it can rust. Mm-hmm. So and uh, it's not like they were the top of the line mm-hmm. ships; they were battle damaged. So that's kind of it looks it looks like wherever they they were there was a battle or the aftermath of a battle, they would clean it up and just dump it in one location. Mm-hmm. And then take care of it from there. That 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 that's kind of what I thought of it. Like yeah, a, like a scrapyard. You go to a scrapyard. There's just everything because all, all the get... damaged cars and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Then they just sort it out from there. Yeah, and uh, the mon- monster sequence was pretty funny. Um, I I always feel bad for Wrecker when he has to deal <laughs> with heights. Uh, poor Wrecker. Uh, <laughs> It's like Indiana Jones with snakes, and now it's like Wrecker with heights. Um, I just I just feel bad whenever he has to deal with it. Um, and it's like, oh no, I don't have a headache anymore. Uh, yeah, you guys can go on without me. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, then when uh, Wrecker's chip gets activated, I like as Aaron said and as Sean said, you feel that danger, mm-hmm. and. Out of all the uh, members of the Bad Batch, you don't want him to um, get. You don't want the chip to activate on him. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's Crosshair, like yeah, that that was like very deadly, and uh, yeah, and uh, and plus, like, part of me was even hoping during that uh, chase scene with Omega, it's like maybe the chip's not. Um, kind of has like a temporary hold or like not on a hundred percent hold, but no dice that, that didn't work. Um, he would have killed her. And that, and then I think, and I think that's like kind of what, like what made like the tension so high. Um, so yeah. And, and it was in the, uh, um, ending of the episode was very touching between Omega and, uh, Wrecker. I really liked that. Um, and it, and it also shows that like um, Wrecker's still Wrecker, and um, and I also like the talk with uh, Rex and Hunter, um, 
and I thought, and I thought it was kind of cool that Rex disappears into the mist. I thought, I yeah, thought that, that was, was cool. a really, really cool, cool way to end the episode. Yeah, it's like a metaphor. So, uh, I I hope we see him again. But if not, it's kind of like, all right, well, uh, Clone Wars Rex is kind of out of the picture, turning into old old Rex into Re- in Rebels later on. Um, I'd be I'd be shocked if we didn't see him again, though, personally. This season, or this season or show, mm-hmm. Bad Batch era, any in this show in in whether it's more than one season mm-hmm. or so I that I don't I don't think I think he's because there's so much that right he's involved in and the rebellion and all that and that's being addressed in so many different shows and didn't they confirm that he's he's that guy in the white beard on, on Endor? Yep. Yeah, yeah they, they they've confirmed that now. <laughs> that's awesome. Because that was who they were thinking of no, all no. the way back. They like that's a nice that's an acceptable retcon. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like to I like to think that's true. Yes, I think I think you you brought up a good point though, Justin. Like I mean, I think it was it was the, the whole thing with Wrecker was set up really well in the show. But I just realized like like of course that's how it would work. I mean, like if you think back to Order sixty six, like. And I thought that was, was one of the best scenes in any Star Wars movie was when Cody gets Order 66 and immediately, I think, fires upon Obi-Wan, right? Like, yeah. Like, it's that automatic and it's that intense and it's shoot to kill. It's like, it's not like, I don't like you anymore. It's just like, you're a bad this boss. Is, you are immediately mm-hmm. to be terminated, right? Like, like. And I think this this show did a really good job of reminding it validated Rex's fear, right? It's like Rex is like, and I think that that was because of that, like the this this episode fits really well into the season, and it's also builds on it. It's, it it makes this whole story much more a part of the whole prequel era, and like the post Clone Wars era, and and what that means like but i think it's 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 cool that like it's like they've closed that chapter for the bad batch right like you guys they are not going to be turning on any jedi or killing each other or anything um so in the med bay rex said something like not many clones refused the order or resisted the order um and it's rare so like that to me that left open the possibility that the only, that the people in that room were not the only clones out there who were disinhibited. Legend. So like, yeah, they left that door open of like there could be other clones out there, who, um, who aren't compromised yet or, or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously Rex has his crew later on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's who he's talking about. Like he goes and finds those those clones, and that's now his like ATTE crew later on in Rebels. Um, but yeah, I mean that was like I was surprised to hear him say that because I thought like he was only the ones who had a chip removed or were defective clones were the only ones who didn't follow the order but he seemed to Mm -hmm. indicate that he knew of more than just those in the room he did initially yeah resist it himself for a few seconds yeah Mm -hmm. yeah very few seconds yeah 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 plus uh um, plus the clones that are uh, with Rex and Rebels uh, Wolf and uh, Gregor Gregor. Um, we don't really see much of gregor in season in the clone war season five all all that we know is that there was an explosion and he was in it and then all of a sudden he's in rebels um and plus and uh with wolf um he's not the one that killed plo koon uh if you remember in revenge of the sith because plo koon was flying his uh jedi starfighter and there was um the uh, Arc one, Trooper, yeah. Arc One Seventies, yeah, mm-hmm. that fire upon him. It wasn't, it wasn't Wolf. So I don't know what Wolf was doing during that time, or if there was a ground siege on Cato uh, Nemodia. But um, yeah, we don't really know Wolf's side uh, as far as Order Sixty Six either. So, what's your uh, rating, Justin, on this one? Okay, so rating. Um, I don't remember what I gave uh, chap, uh, uh, episode one of Bad Batch, but I'm probably going to say it was a good uh, 8.7 out of 10. Oh, uh, sli- slightly. 8.7. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, sli- slightly. 
uh, slightly better than the first uh, episode of The Bad Batch. I really enjoyed it. And, like, it, it was an intense episode, too. So, yep. I'd have to give it 9 out of 10. And it could become 10 out of 10 once I see the whole series or the whole season. Um, I'm hope, I guess I'm hoping that one more is going to make me 10 out of 10. Um, and I think I said episode one was 9.5 or 9 out of 10. So I'm thinking this is in my top three. If one more is going to top it, then episode one, this one, and then maybe the finale or something will be my top three is what I'm expecting to happen. But I could be surprised. How about you, Aaron? I would I would give it a solid nine. Nine out of ten. Um, maybe nine and a half. I think I think it's a nine. Um, it's interesting again, like because this is the first time we've done a podcast where we've covered three episodes in a row and like gotten the context, so it's a little different. True. But the and because of that, I feel like this episode really it's just it's a strong episode it's definitely the second but i think the first episode i don't think anything can top that i think that, that just because of all of what was going on there and how it tied into revenge of the sith and clone wars and everything it's just it was just too good too much mm-hmm. too much good um but this is definitely the best episode other than that one in the series for me so far clearly i think they did everything they tried to do they did they did it almost perfectly um and visually, I thought Braca was just mm-hmm. gorgeous. So I would say nine, nine and a half out of ten. I'm always nervous to give anything at ten. It's like, is there anything that's perfect? I don't know. But um, this one was up there for sure. Like there was no point in the episode where I was like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like or it's filler or everything. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a mid-season mm-hmm. semifinale. Like this sets. They've closed an arc, mm-hmm. which is get the chips out, and then they are opening up, re reopening up the. Oh yeah, there's crosshair after us, and now we're alerted. Like our heroes don't know that they've been detected, and crosshair and empire is bearing down on them, right? And so, the chase is back on. It's been several episodes since we've even seen crosshair or any hint of the empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so He's due. Yeah. So yeah, it's due, and it's back on. Mm-hmm. The chase is back on, and that's fun to see and we got that exact we got exactly that at the end right like yeah. notify the empire that means so it's, it's similar to the mandalorian both seasons where yeah they kind of meander for a little while and then they get back on track and the main stakes are back on and the, the last couple episodes finishes it out and that was 10 episodes and this is 16 or 14 so they're following a similar pacing just with a few more fillers than mandalorian had so david what is your rating I'm going to have to go with nine. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very well put together episode. The music was great. The storytelling was fantastic. How they went about it was fantastic. It's everything we feared what was going to happen with Wrecker is what happened. Um, and I'm even going to go as far as to say um, that when he apologizes to Omega and he's like, I fought it as hard as I could, but I couldn't control it. That him fighting it was the only reason that Omega survived. Because mm-hmm. when he when he's leveled his weapon at her, he goes he says slowly, good soldiers follow orders. I think that was him trying to fight that. Yeah. Cause you see uh order sixty six, it's like you said, Aaron, it's an instant. As soon as that order's given, they open fire on the Jedi. Soon as I mean it was the first episode, soon as that clone got that order from Sidious you see him put the put the transceiver away, look at um, Depo the Lava, Lava, and then it's just instant guns up and he's firing. Where Wrecker, he's he brings it up and he's just hesitates for that split second, slowly says, "Good soldiers follow orders," and then he gets stunned. And as far as that go, I think they went stun mode on him rather than lethal because they couldn't effectively deal with Wrecker. Not that they didn't want to kill him or weren't given that choice. It was they couldn't. Because, you, you, I mean, we've seen Wrecker take multiple hits from live rounds. And the only one that, like, he's like, yeah, that hurt was when Crosshair shot him. 
He's been shot by uh, police force droids, the the live training droids, and I want to say he was shot by a battle droid too. I can't remember. So I mean, he goes down, but he's right back up, almost like he's never been hit. He shrugs it off and keeps going. But when Crosshair shot him, he was down. He had, I think, he had got bandaged up, and Tech gave him that that shot. Um. So I mean, Hunter even threw his knife at record during that that fight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I can't remember did he knock the yeah, gun out deflected of it yeah yeah so I, I think that they they stunned him because yeah they they wanted to take the chip out but that was their only choice too mm-hmm. never would I totally missed that mm-hmm. interesting so what are our theories or speculations mode here what well, is uh you want to hear my full theory yeah where, where are we going from here okay um so, I'm just going to fast forward things. I think, of course, the Empire's going to come after them. I think the only way they're going to be able to deal with Crosshair is to kind of do what they did with Wrecker. Is, yes, he's their brother. They want, they're they're, they're going to identify themselves as our mission. Our only mission is to save our brother. So, I think that this is going to end up leading them going... Or trying to get back to Camino, and I think this is where Rex is going to come in in the newly formed Rebel Alliance, or just the Kaminoans. But I think we're going to get the Battlefront clone uprising on Camino. Hmm. I think we're going to get Boba Fett coming in hmm. and Darth Vader coming in to deal with the Bad Batch because no one else can. And that's where we get the no disintegrations rule, perhaps. Yep. <laughs> and Cro- and I, I think Crosshair is going to get get saved and he's gonna be like really upset with what happened with him what the empire did i think he's gonna end up sacrificing himself to to slow vader down who is crosshair crosshair i see that i think vader is still gonna i i don't i hope i'm wrong on this part i think we're only gonna get one season i think vader is going to annihilate the bad batch because i also say this because in legends (laughs) <laughs> How, which you, they keep drawing from that's fair I know, game I know. I'd say have you guys read the rise of Darth Vader novel Mm-mm. such a good book that book I would highly recommend it goes into right after Revenge of the Sith Vader's transition into the suit finding his identity in the dark side is that the book that came out like right after Revenge of the Sith it was close to I, so I don't it's not it's legends Sadly, yes. Right. Okay. I mean that, but like that's, they could recanonize yeah. stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or pull stuff from it, like Disney normally yes. does. But that's why I say it's fair game. <laughs> like that's not. Yeah, you're you're within your rights to to pull from legends as as a speculate mm-hmm. speculation. Invaders' first mission in that book is to go deal with a group of rebellious Republic commandos <laughs> that did not execute <laughs> Order sixty six. Hey, I know someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's too. That's too good. That's too on the nose. You know what I mean? Like that's gotta. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I mean, I hate that, but I like that. <laughs> yep. I think you're right, but that's gonna be horrible. Now, so that ten out of ten is gonna be the newly instituted Darth Vader hmm. coming after the Bad Batch and the Bad Batch squaring off. Against we'll get Vader. a we'll get a Rogue One hallway scene again, but this time through <laughs> Camino. <laughs> rampaging through and we all know if there's a skywalker in the hallway you shouldn't be there no mm-hmm. so what what Un- is unless the... unless you're an exploding uh uh separatist ship <laughs> okay that's fair but, <laughs> what is um i also think too I'll, I'll just add this last point that would totally justify ending the clone troopers for tarkin mm-hmm. and, and emperor which is what happened in legends yeah they set that up soon as soon as that clone revolt happened it, the 501st Invader came in with Boba Fett, cleaned house. Emperor's like, you know what? We can't do this anymore. I don't trust the cloners. So they did do some cloning after that, but they, their main goal was to start the, new, the recruiting for the Empire. Yeah, I can see that. So mm-hmm. what's, what do we think Omega? What happens to Omega in all of that, do you think? Are they going to try to keep her going and leave I, her into other things later somehow? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in the air and say it depends on what they do with her, because they some of the stuff is still looks like she might be force sensitive. Other things she's a quick learner and has the bad batch skills, so I it could go either way. If it ends up with 
how I'm thinking it's going to go. It could be she ends up with Rex in the end. And then Rex is like, you know what? I know someone who could teach you who would be a good role model for you. And then hands her over to Ahsoka. Hmm. And then that could be something in the Ahsoka show. I can chime in to say that we can theorize. So there was a a news clipping that uh, Kiner, Kevin Kiner, Mm -hmm. when he was recording the soundtrack for the last episode that he was in tears. So I think that something bad is going to happen. Are they all going to die? Possibly. If it's one season, I think we're. If it's one season, they. I think that. I think that. Ultimately, what this show is doing is using the story of the Bad Batch to tell us the story of, essentially, the rise to power Mm -hmm. of the Imperials and the Stormtroopers. Yeah. So it's like it. It ends with clones done. So it's highly likely that the Bad Batch don't survive, and we never see them in anything else anyway. Um, clearly, if they all die in the last episode, I'll, I'll be crying too, and I'm, I'm sure that that's got to be maybe why he was in tears. Um, and I think that in light of Omega, I don't know. I think that I don't know that it's super important. Obviously, if she ends up being force sensitive, that's significant. I think that. It's just going to be, she's going to survive. I don't think they're going to kill her off. Maybe she survives, and which would make it even sadder, right? So she's orphaned, right? The Kaminoans are gone. The Bad Batch is gone. The clones are gone. She's And she's left to survive. And I think they could take her story somewhere else outside of the bad yeah, she's like 12 or 13 so she's not like she could be of fighting age by the time the rebellion comes around and they could weave her in mm-hmm. to the original trilogy age or they can make her a senior statesman type in the resistance time frame this too. is, this yeah. is gonna be this is this poor omega if that's what happens at the end of the episode like she can like succeed mon mothma oh someday or something you know what mm-hmm. a sad story for this girl it could get better though because i just thought of another theory <laughs> another, another idea if, it, if we end up getting Boba Fett coming back to Camino to lead the 501st, it, we could get some type of scenario where Boba Fett ends up taking her and then takes her to Mandalore. Well, keep, keep, also keep in yeah. mind that, uh, that Omega and Boba Fett are kind of roughly around the same age. They would have known each other. Certainly on Camino, they're certainly related. Because <laughs> Boba Fett's not wasn't advanced in age; like he wasn't he was natural mm-hmm. age advancement, and mm-hmm. he's like what nine unaltered. Is he like nine in Episode Two ish? Yeah. So this is three years or four years later. So yeah, he's got to be the same age as Omega, and they might have been the same batch or whatever, the same test tube or whatever. As long as she's the girl, like is she the girl version of Boba Fett? Like were they twins that like their egg like split up and she's the girl and he's the boy? No, I, I'm still blue believing that she's the, from the the DNA splitting because uh-huh. in the episode there the Kaminoans are talking about how Jango Fett's uh, template has been deteriorating um, I mean since it's been like three four years since mm-hmm. they've been able to actually get good samples from him because but they, she's now she them. could be a fresh template is what I'm saying because she's not not from Jango mm-hmm. no she'd be her her uh, gene would be spliced from Jango or what's left of Jango yeah and then with other samples oh, okay but anyway yeah so boba and boba and omega are the same age and men have known each other growing up there mm-hmm. um and so that would be weird if he yeah if he came back on a rampage um i don't know how she'd feel about that if she killed her friends but they know each other I yeah don't, i don't think she would have known him because if you she's because she's the last clone so she would have been after boba and if she but I'm, only like I'm three saying, years have passed since since Boba Fett left. I'm you know, safely assuming that she has accelerated aging too. Oh, I think that's the critical thing: is that that's they true. don't say that she doesn't, which seems yeah. to indicate that she does. So how fast do they grow? Like if she's if she's 13, is it like two years? If you grow seven years each, like dog years or whatever? But well, in a, lot, a lot of the books, um, like they're described. Ten-year? Yeah, they're described as like ten-year-olds, mm-hmm. but they have the mind of like a twenty right. or twenty-one-year-old because of the accelerated aging and the flash training. Hmm. Which, by the way, is pretty sweet. 
I have I have a full dark side theory. Ooh, ooh, let's hear it. Like a, okay. like a disgusting full dark side theory. Like a rated R so, theory? So Omega is Force-sensitive. She's the first Force-sensitive clone, and the season ends with her in a jar on Exegol. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's dark. Sorry, that's what popped into my jar. I mean, that's the way the new... Oh. Leave that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's dark. I mean, that's the way that's the new... Game of Thrones <laughs> level stuff. That's the HBO Max <laughs> version. Pickled Omega. Oh. Pickled Omega. Or they show her like this just getting season. shipped off to Exegol, right? Like, uh. And we realize that she's going to be part of the experimentation of Palpatine. Uh. To... Well, hey, I mean, Luke's hand ended up on Exegol according to the new canon Vader comic. So. Yeah, there you go. That was... Yeah. I can't yeah. talk about that. I'm... Okay... Yeah, I'm kind of getting lost in that. It was so good up until they brought that in. They went and found it like in the core of Bespin somewhere in the clouds? Or was it left on the Cloud City? Like oh, his no. Hand? His hand is on Exegol now. No, but like, how did they... Was it... Didn't it fall out of that hole that he fell out of, too? Like, his lightsaber fell. Yeah, his, like, I think his lightsaber fell I guess they got, the, they got the lightsaber compart- back somehow. <laughs> Dark side magic. Cloning. But I thought it's like a cloud planet, so it's like, you know, it's like uh, Jupiter where there's like no window. core and it just kind of falls to nowhere. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for tonight. We will be back soon for the next episode. Until next time, may the force be with you. Always stay on target.